I'm Ron Powell McLean, and this is the Backyard Buddhist Podcast, where we continually seek everyday enlightenment for the benefit of ourselves and all other beings. You know, you won't often find me watching a movie or a television show that has uncomfortable chaos or violence. First, it just feels disruptive to me, and my overall experience upsets me. I don't sleep super well. And second, I have this belief that the experience of watching shows like this kind of lodge those experiences in your in your mind as if you had experienced them yourself. However, I'm going to admit right here and now that my beliefs about this kind of material contains a little bit of a gap, and that gap is the superhero genre. So if it's a movie that involves a superhero, I'm all in and all on board. And maybe it's because I can understand that it's not a real situation because, you know, guys are flying around with capes and, you know, tights and <laughs> have, you know, x-rays coming under their eyes. And maybe I can separate it that way. But it's the one exception to me watching something a little violent. Which leads us to the topic of our show today, and I'm I've called our our podcast today Super Buddha, <laughs> and it's it's really about us finding those spiritual superpowers in ourselves. I've invited my good friend Todd Myers to join me in this awesome conversation about superpowers and our spiritual superheroes. So welcome, Todd. Thank you. Thank you, Ron. I'm all about, all about the superheroes. This is awesome. I love the superhero. I think as a kid, um, I spent um, many years running around in a super cape. I made them out wow. of paper towels. I made them out of out of bath towels, beach towels, you name it. And one year I was a vampire and my mom made me a vampire cape, a black cape. So I used that. So I, wow. I could often be found flying around my yard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Do you have a... I can... Do you have a favorite superhero? I, I think Superman was always kind of my favorite hero. I I just like the fact that he was like a you know normal kind of guy, and then you know showed up and you know a normal, kind of, a normal guy from a normal planet with all these yeah. <laughs> superpowers, yeah. you know, and with, and with super strength, really and... understood. Yeah, <laughs> and the parents that really understood him, you know, like. <laughs> Oh, that's okay. He just showed up at the barn and he's a good guy. Right, right. <laughs> I I really liked Superman because he, he seemed very wholesome and yeah. Clark Clark Kent was just a, a cool guy. And you know you know, as a gay man, Christopher Reeves was never really that hard on the eyes. So I could <laughs> I could I could buy into that too. But I think my favorite and I will say favorites um or batman and robin oh yeah and batman and robin 
to me represented people like me. The yeah. only difference was they had access to cool tools and, you know, their own capes. <laughs> so I could, I could <laughs> lean into that and think that's achievable for me. And I, I think that, you know, that matches a lot with my, what drew me to Buddhism is that uh -huh. there were no, you know, spiritual otherworldly things that I was supposed to be absorbing, but it, instead access from within, you know, we've got all the things, you know, we've got the, the Buddha belt, the bat belt, you know, within, <laughs> so we can just learn and remember to access those things. So there's a, a term in Sanskrit that um, it shows up in our prayer to our uh, seven line supplication to Padmasambhava, where we're asking um, the guru within to reveal the wisdom of body, speech, and mind, wisdom and compassion and um, Siddhi, which is S-I-D-H-I, uh, or excuse me, S-I-D-D-H-I, shows up in um, this, this chant, this invocation, this prayer. And Siddhi, I just wanted to, um, I wanted to give the full definition of it because I found it really um, <laughs> surprising. <laughs> When I, when I looked it up, it says the extraordinary attainments achieved as the goal of tantric practice. These comprise two categories, the mundane, lukika, and the super mundane. The first category usually comprises clairvoyance, clairaudience, flying in the sky, invisibility, everlasting youth and other marvels. The super mundane category is enlightenment or Bodhi itself. So I read that and I think, holy Moses, I need to study more tantric practice because I need that flying in the sky and the everlasting youth. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know those were possible. It's funny too that the word mundane is in there because it's like so super terrific to do. Super, but, and super but, mundane. And it's, yeah, lower mundane. <laughs> so mundane is the DMV. Super <laughs> mundane is sitting in your basement staring in the corner. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, therein, and therein <laughs> lies your superpowers. <laughs> Oh, that cracked me up a little bit. <laughs> the wonderful imagination. It, exactly. I, you know, there's, there's some of the tantric practices that I, I certainly will, you know, I don't quite exactly understand what the, um, the original intention of them are. And those are, you know, things like, uh, you know, the idea of levitation or flying in the sky. I'm not sure if they mean that, you know, in the literal sense or in the figurative sense or the mental yeah. sense. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not <laughs> certain. Yeah. Like the, the way, uh, like um, becoming so 
heavy like a mountain you know yeah does that come from the mind or does that come from the body you know is that physical or is that just connected to all things you know i don't know right i know and you know that that heaviness or that levity is that is that really a state of mind or i i kind of think that's where it leans but i'm never sure so you know i practice where where it's most effective and where i have the most understanding (laughs) (laughs) some of those things get left out. So I asked you before um, we started on our, on our recording today, if you were familiar with the hero's journey. I am not. I'd love to know about it. So the hero's journey, there's, um, there's a couple different versions of this, but um, one is from the sort of standpoint of storytellers and of uh, movie makers and, and that sort of thing. So like when you think about a movie like star Wars, that there's, there's a, a journey that is sort of a template of how the, how the story is told. There's also a religious guy um, named Joseph Campbell that did some studies and, um, really sort of remarked um, and quantified these these spiritual stories um, religious stories that um, that you know happen over time as well and that there's this cohesiveness between the two and basically it's like think of it as as three acts within um within the story you have the first act that sort of you know shows the um the normality the humanity of you know the hero and you know how normal that person is so um think about like luke skywalker who you know we're just showing him at home and he's doing all the things that he does at home and he's just living on his planet doing his doing his thing right and then there's a dividing line where he is um challenged with something where he is called to action to do something and the hero often does this um this kind of lazy approach of trying to do all the things without doing all the things and then failing at sort of half-assing those things until he's just called into full action, right? So then you've got this second act where he's sort of learning to hone these cool, immense, immense skills um, that he can use to you know, you know, uh, overcome the challenge. And then the last part is really this sort of unification of him as normal guy, him as, you know, superhero guy and how it all comes together to be the, the superhero solution. Right. So I found that interesting in thinking about my own spiritual journey you know, that, you know, 
I certainly did a lot of the lazy work trying to just, oh, if I hold my hands this way, or if I sit this way, or read this book, maybe I'll just have the express version to to my um, spiritual superhero. And you know what, Todd? I failed. (laughs) (laughs) I failed. I failed. I failed. I find it humorous now, but it was... It was super frustrating when I was doing it because, you know, you don't really want to do all the work. You'd like to, you know, do a little bit of the work and still have the reward. <laughs> that's right. I want to take the shortcut. I don't, yeah, that's what I want. Exactly. You don't know who I am. I'm smarter than I don't need to do the whole thing. No. No, of course you don't no. need to do no. the whole thing because, you know. I'm different. I'm so different. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know me. I'm different. No. No. <laughs> Yeah, that's a great uh, outline of storytelling, and and it just reminds me of like all the superhero movies, and you know, and Batman and Robin, and you know, Spider Man, all that kind of stuff it has that three part movement. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Buddhism's, you know, for me, I, I, I can, I can attest to the same, uh, you know, I got to sit right. My feet have to be crossed. I have to know how to do exactly the, you know, the lotus position. Which foot goes on top with, you know, which hand, which hand goes on top. Do I hold my beads? Do I close my eyes? Where does my tongue go? (laughs) Am I I breathing right? I tell you, I, I can't even tell you how many times I've had the conversation um, with folks as they, you know, endeavor into the basics of meditation where they want to know where their tongue goes. Isn't that funny? <laughs> like, well, yeah. in your mouth is helpful. <laughs> yeah. Do not bite it. <laughs> or maybe you need to bite right, it. Right. <laughs> right, right. But you get it to go on the back of my teeth. Is it on the roof of my mouth? Do I just lay it in the bottom? Like, just... Maybe not focus so much on your tongue. <laughs> yeah. Focus on your breath. Come on. <laughs> Breathe. Oh. Mm-hmm. How funny. Yes. There's, I can think of all the things like, oh, and I'm not sitting in the right spot in my house and I'm not on the right cushion. And, and I forgot to light the candle and I'm yeah. out of incense. And <laughs> yeah, my, I don't have enough stuff on my altar. You know. Right. I need a I need a rug to sit on. I mean, <laughs> you know, I've had several meditations where I, you know, I had had thoughts of you know how I was going to reconfigure my, re- reconfigure my <laughs> meditation space. <laughs> or do I really need to do this? Right, 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 right. Uh, that stillness is hard to get. No, it, it is. So when, you know, when we talk about spiritual superhero, what do you think of? Um, I think of, I think of a, uh, a human, the human experience that, that cultivates, um, like a will, a strong will to be with within your, with yourself in a way that transcends, 
um, you know, the, your loving kindness or your no, do no harm to others or, you know, some, a way of being that's not out of effort, but just, I don't know, sometimes in the, in Westerns and stuff, even though they got violent, the guy seemed calm and, you know, even though he had to fight the bad guys, he was, you know, it was for everybody. It was the right thing to do or, you know, super, Superman was running through the wall to get the baby and fly away. You know, it, it has this, um, it has this part that this goodness in it. And for in Buddhism, you know, it's, it's the daily practice for me and, you know, and not being so, I, you know, there's, it's, and letting the ego drop, I guess. I, I don't know. It's, it's interesting to, yeah. to think about these things and, you know, and not get caught up in judging them. Right. Or are they right or wrong or where are you at, you know, or somebody else believes in it and you don't, or, you know, it's, it's an interesting thing to experience in in this journey and this practice we tend to be so self-critical of you know of ourselves and even in retrospect when we think oh i should have done this or i should have done that and you know i should have been tougher or i should have been more compassionate or whatever and the reality is that you know this the opportunities that lie within our experience are usually spontaneous and they need a solution. So we're trying to do our best to be mindful and wise and compassionate in our approach to find the right solution. And that's a benefit to everyone. Yeah, it's, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's like, a, you know, superpower to me is like a skillful means, mm -hmm. a skillful means to speak, a skillful means to react, a skillful means to, um, to set, to maybe to be neutral, maybe to be protesting, maybe to, you know, take on a cause, but, you know, inclusion of all you know of all things that are are in your experience without letting it go so what do you think our spiritual superpowers are well uh, levitation of course <laughs> <laughs> by all means i know i'm working on that right now <laughs> I, I i'm Sewing my cape right here. Um, I, I would say that our superpowers are our mindfulness in in Buddhism. Their mindfulness and concentration and insight. Yeah, I, I would say those are the three base superpowers yeah. that we start. Maybe we're in Act One with those superpowers, and we're you know we're struggling with. We're learning today. to fly. <laughs> we're, yeah. we're still learning to fly with our super capes, you know? Yeah. So I think that's, you know, that's important. I, I think, you know, our attentive and awakened awareness is, is really, you know, the, 
oh. a big catalyst because, you know, I, this is no, you know, it's no surprise that I really lean into, you know, trying to find the solutions of my own discomfort, dissatisfaction, disillusion, and suffering, I use the Four Noble Truths. So first I have to see that there's a problem, right? I have to see that I am uncomfortable or suffering at some degree. I first have to see it. Then I have to see that there's a cause for it. Then I can see, ah, I can I can cure that. I know that there's an available cure to that. And it is the application of wisdom and compassion and mindfulness, that insight that really takes us to the understanding that allows us to have the solution and release the struggle and the suffering. Do you, do you think that when you're, when you do that in, in the moment, do you um does that what does that create at, at the end of that for you what you know when you go through that process how do you how does that look or feel or you know how's that being in that moment to me it feels like relief it feels like ease it feels like oh okay i'm i'm okay I'm okay, that perpetual okayness that, you know, that I'm looking for, that I'm okay. Like there's enough here, I have enough, you know, everything's okay. It's, you know, that I feel a settling that comes on with that. Yeah, almost like the dust settling to the to the ground and, yeah. and you, feel, you feel the ground, is that kind of what you think you're saying? the ground and see the clarity like I can see things as they are you know I, I often talk about that that uh, consciousness that pervades everything and it's you know to me it's ultimate consciousness it's that thing that is the consciousness through everything everywhere and everyone that's always there whether we're paying attention to it or not and it's the part of us that is unaffected by the chaos and the drama of our sensations and thoughts, feelings, and emotions that are unfazed by our human experience. It's just thereness. In that thereness, do you, do you, is that what, you know, people, teachers, including yourself, I've heard you say, you know, the, your true Buddha nature, is that, is that that space? Is that kind of a definition of that? Absolutely. Of Absolutely. what that is? It's that Buddha nature. It's that awakened being, you know, that not even being, it's that awakenedness that is, it's not contingent on our human form. So it's kind of separate from our body and our mind and... Not separate. Your body and your, your mind are actually... Oh come from it okay so there you know consider the 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 body and every you know our human body and the the reactions that come from it the sensations and thoughts and emotions that you know that happen within the human experience that they're like the wave that are that's coming out of the sea of this ultimate consciousness oh so it's all one thing it's all one thing 
There is no mm-hmm. separateness. And that's the, you know, that's where we're not, um, you know, we refer to it as dualism or dualistic okay. thinking that there's a self and other that are separate. And literally the self comes from the other, which is the everything. And so that, that gives you superpower because you, you're, you're okay. You're, you're where you need to be. You're, you're overcoming everything else that the chaos going around you because you're grounded kind of, huh? Well, think about, you know, we kind of, you know, poked a little fun at the, you know, the description of the city, um, with clairvoyance and clairaudience and that sort of thing, you know, the invisibility, the everlasting youth, that those things are really, you know, a a part of that ultimate conscious state that, you know, when we, when we focus less on the relative human self, we realize that those things are really kind of there when we're all interconnected through that, that ultimate reality, through that pervasive consciousness, then there can be things like clairvoyance and clairaudience. And maybe the flying nature, you know, the flying in the sky nature is the freedom of spirit, you know, that's not attached to, or um, limited to the physical form. So it's, it's kind of beyond our normal thinking, our relative thinking. Right. And within that mm-hmm. ultimate, you know, we, we also say nothing is born and nothing dies. It's all always there. So there's your everlasting youth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Right. So do they, is that how they get to the word impermanence and our attachment to that and that kind of stuff? Or? Yeah, impermanence to me equals interconnectedness. So like there's no, there's no separation between, you know, us because we came, you know, we're basically, you're a wave, I'm a wave out of that same ocean. So there's that interconnectedness and, you know, they, when the wave, you know, think about an ocean wave that arises and it can be, you know, big and fierce. And then it just flows back into the greater being, if you will, the greater body, which Uh is the, the ocean itself. It was never a part of it. Even the droplets that, you know, that may you know, spray off of a, a wave, they rejoin and they're always interconnected. They've never been separate. Even though we recognize a wave as a wave, it, and at that time it is a wave, but it really also is the ocean, huh? Right, exactly. So and, is that little part so of it? So, uh, you know, when you say that, it comes to mind like, you know, in my practice, I, there's been times where I like tried to stop thinking or that kind of thing where I'm resisting, uh, you know, things that are happening in my body or in my thoughts and, or in my mind. And it it just kind of gives you what you said, just kind of gave me some space to be with that also, and then also be the ocean. So to be with the wave when it's a wave, 
and be with the ocean when it returns to an ocean. And I think, you know, part of, part of that awakened understanding is knowing that, that both are simultaneous and both are always there. So when we're focusing on things like, you know, our, our popcorn popper brains that don't seem like they want to stop. And we, we think that we need to just shut it up, like shut up mind because it feels like it's everything at that moment. It feels like it's the most important thing in the universe and it won't stop, you know, knocking on your forehead. So it seems like the biggest, biggest trouble in your, in your experience at that point. And to take a step back and just to see that it's a reaction that's happening to the physical human form and not, not changing that, that ultimate connection. It's not changing anything else that to me, there's, there's a calmness and I can see the, the turbulence and the calmness simultaneously. Which is really being in that moment, right? I mean, yeah. that, that that in itself can be a superpower. Yeah. Or you know, as, as you were talking about, there's there's a lot a lot of conversation in Buddhism about calm abiding, right. you know, to to stop habitual patterns. And that now that you're saying that, it seems like that would really be a superpower because yeah. then you can either take right action or be skillful in what you do or what you don't do, or, you know, how you react to something. Right. Um, that calm abiding to me feels really accessible from that, that place that I was just talking about when you can really sort of picture um, and understand that, that consciousness that is unfazed that we all have and we have access to. Because we can, we can certainly sit outside and, you know, sit out, you know, we're sitting in the experience. It's like sitting in a theater. I've, you know, often said this too, you're sitting in the seat of the theater and there's a, you know, there's something going on on stage and you're experiencing it, but you're not in control of it. So when I can see, oh, that's just a reaction playing out, you know, on the stage of my experience then the chaos and the turmoil from my perspective seems to lessen. Wow. So you're separate from, or not really, that's just something that's happening outside of yourself, huh? But you're still there experiencing it. So yeah. you're just not like being dragged around the stage by the characters. Yeah even though it somehow, you know, gets into your mind, I guess. Some, right. Some, yeah. Of course it does. Yeah. yeah. That, uh, you know, and there's, I, I would assume that in an enlightened state, there are times where a superpower could be beneficial in helping someone or creating, you know, something needed in the world that right. does no harm to someone um, or, you know, helps people come together in a way in which uh, they have hope or possibility that they can 
you know, be calm, get to calm abide and get to, uh, you know, their true Buddha nature. And I, you know, to me, the, you know, the training ground, we don't, we all sort of have our inner Yoda that's, you know, telling us, you know, those wise things and kind of persisting with the, the wisdom, but it's ours, you know, it's really ours to cultivate within. It's, it's so very important to understand that all transformation comes from within. So if you want to impact and be of service to all other beings, you really have to figure out how to do that within yourself. So I know for me, one of my, one of my focuses, you know, and I will say that it's the superpower that I want to cultivate the most is love and compassion. And I know, I know that when I look at an individual and, you know, current turn on a cable news thing, if I look at an individual and I feel anger, if I feel hatred, if I feel anything but love or compassion, it's an indicator to me that I need work. I need work because just because I'm seeing someone doing something unskillful or I would like them to do something different doesn't mean that they're unlovable. And when I can cultivate that wisdom and compassion coming out of me, because I understand through my own insight and, and work that love starts with me and love, you know, love is a much better tool for change than meeting anger with anger. Uh, force begets force. Anger becomes, be, you know, begets anger. Love Absolutely. becomes love. Yeah. Right. So that compassionate, uh, compassionate, loving kindness is, can only start from within ourselves, right? I mean, it's that's where it all begins. Yeah, and it transcends uh, like like a levitation, like a traveling all over the United, you know, all over the world, all all around you. Right. And and the neat thing about what I, what I hear you saying, and and correct me if I'm wrong, but you know, it's really your inner guru, your inner teacher, your um, Lama Cheno, your, your, your being that begins all of this uh, for you and you have it and you just become aware of it more and more as you practice and um, do your meditation and do, you know, be with the Dharma and, you know, listen to the teachers and, you know, and just, just be in that moment. It's so important. I think it's the most important thing that we do is, you know, to really cultivate ourselves and that kindness within. And it does, it does move. It moves 
out of us and into everyone else that we touch. It, you know, uh, it's like the butterfly effect, I guess, you know, yeah, it, absolutely. Yeah, it, 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 you know, the butterfly is on the other side of the world and creates the hurricane on the other side of the world and the hurricane creates the butterfly and here we go again. Right. Yeah. But, you know, in these, you know, these times right now, and, you know, I, you know, we're living this right now. So all of the chaos with, within our political system and within the world and, you know, in the middle of a pandemic and disassociation with science and all of these things that, that feel like, oh my God, this is the worst time in history. And there's a lot of panic and a lot of fear that I see. I've felt it myself at times that, you know, my reactiveness and other people's reactiveness, it's one of the bigger questions that I get um, in emails is, you know, how can I, how can I look at, you know, the president and think this or think that, or how can I look at, you know, a world leader somewhere else that's you know maybe acting unskillfully and look at them with love and compassion yeah that's that's a heck of a superpower to to really cultivate but it's necessary and pushing it off is that lazy thing that we were talking about at the beginning of the hero's journey where we think ah i'm just gonna half-ass it and that'll be okay and we're gonna fail we're going to continue to fail and you're going to, you're going to continue to feel things like fear, fear and panic. Yeah. And you can't set you, you know, when you can't settle, that's, that's a very, very uncomfortable. For sure. Yeah. For sure. And we want to make, we want to make change and it's, it's important sometimes to, to stand up and, you know, be heard and, you know, protest and be heard. And the most important part of protesting is being heard, not causing damage or revenge. It's about being heard and being, you know, the voice that cries out, you know, through the fire. Get out. It's on fire. Yeah, and so it's so important to listen and to to because that's all we want, right? When we want we want to be heard and we want to feel cared for and we want to know that we're we're important in this society and you know that we have their we have everybody's interest at heart also. You know, it's funny, you, you taught, uh, I don't know if you re- realize this, but you taught uh, um, Fundamentals of Buddhism. Oh, I don't know. Maybe maybe it was like three years ago I was in, in one of your classes. Um, and I when we were going to have this talk today, I, I tore out a page from that book. I still have the <laughs> pamphlet. <laughs> and, I, uh, I, and you had uh, Siddha as... Uh, This was the description you had. Uh, Powers of the mind not yet developed in the average man. And after hearing this podcast with you and experiencing this, uh, 
there's just something very humble about that one line statement that seems so really meaningful. They not yet part, I think. Yeah. Because yeah. it's really, it is available to each and every one of us. That's the practical part of this and the part that is so, oh, you know, it, it gives me hope because none of us have to go out and buy it. You don't have to study in a certain way. You just really have to apply your attentive awareness, you know, that being your biggest superpower that when you have attentive awareness in this moment where things are happening, where everything counts, then you can listen and you can see things just as they are. You can see anger as anger. You can see sadness and grief as grief. You can see chaos as chaos and react in a mindful and compassionate, wise way. Yeah, it's it just is a it's just so settling. You know, Lama Saridas has he says, um, you know, there's no waves without wind. Right. And sometimes it just reminds me how um, how calm abiding you know is so so important in our practice that. You know, it, it's that space where we we know that we have completeness um, and unity. That you know that all that we're all are, all have in our own fundamental nature and as living beings, and that you know that gives us that loving kindness. You know that really want, we want to permeate from us. The next line in what he because he says. Um, there's no waves without wind, so why stir yourself up? Yeah. So asking yourself, why do I keep stirring myself up? You know, whipping myself into a frenzy and getting caught in those moments of just reactive fear and anxiety. Why? Yeah or depression, or whatever, you know, whatever you're experiencing, stopping and asking what is causing, what is causing that mental state? And how can I relieve it through my attentive awareness? That's really the key. Yeah, it, I, you know, it comes back to awareness all the time, doesn't it? I think that's, a, it's just so huge to know where, where you're at on the spot. I always say that's the that's the big jeweled key to the giant golden door is your awakened awareness. It's a wonderful experience when you feel that in moments in your life, in your practice. So important. And it's also important that, you know, like, uh, you know, there's no ways without wind. Why do you stir this up? Um, it's also important to give yourself that loving kindness in that moment, even as you're aware of it. So important. Because cause that it has to start with you to, before you really can give it to, to any, or, you know, share it with anyone else. It's truly that understanding of what your own experience is providing that allows you to give that understanding to everyone else. 
So is that, does that, in Buddhism, does that, is that what, is that part of the karma experience? The, you know, if you are, if you give yourself loving kindness and then you give that to somebody else, then they, you know, one thing causes the next thing, which causes the next thing, which causes the next thing. Right. Is that, uh, you know, is that continuing everywhere in the you know, as it spreads like the butterfly effect? Is that? It is like the butterfly effect. So, yes, I would say that, you know, that, you know, that wise compassionate action has a karmic imprint. So that's going to set forth, you know, a karmic imprint that is an example for someone else. This is how, this is how to react. We all learn how to react in this life, you know, in this life experience through the actions of others. Think about our parents and our grandparents and our aunts and uncles and, you know, those around us, our peers, when they act poorly, we act poorly. Yeah. Right. And, and that's not a judgment. That's not, I'm not, uh, I'm not using that to say you're a bad person or I'm a bad person or that other person's a bad person. It's really just understanding what is skillful and unskillful behavior. Yeah. Because that, you know, that's really the ultimate, uh, way to experience things in your life is to to do that skillfully and i think everybody to a person you know no matter who you are and no matter what people think about you everybody really is trying to be as skillful as they possibly can we hope so (laughs) we hope so you know we all all have our own own journey (laughs) we do we do indeed so i say all of us have our own super capes i know you know as a zen practitioner i had a great kesa that seemed a lot like a super cape in my adult in my adult endeavors so find your own super cape find your own superpowers and learn to hone them and use them in compassionate and wise ways. We all have the ability and we can all affect change. It's ours to do. So thanks to everyone for tuning in from all over the world. We're so excited to see so many of you. Thanks to my friend Todd for chatting about spiritual superheroes with me thank you ron thank you everybody i'm going to give you a new thought to end our podcast today you must be present to win bye now